I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Brian Wells. And you're listening to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. So it, it took a couple weeks, but the Celtics, unfortunately, are not going to go 82-0 and this season. As uh, impressive and somewhat intriguing as that, that start looked like, Minnesota finally got the best of them. Yeah, what a shame. I really thought it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, they're definitely off to a great start. And, uh, you know, after hearing the Rob Williams news, uh, that definitely shows sucks that the for holiday, him. But... It sucks for him. He, I, he's he's a awesome on the defensive end, but just cannot ever stay healthy. But it proves the point that, wow, the Drew Holiday trade was really, <laughs> really. Right. Uh, oh, great. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, and... I'm I'm definitely um, happy about that. I was happy before, and you know, it, as disappointing as it is for Rob Williams getting hurt again and needing surgery, I think uh, this gives more of a justification for for trading him and making that move. But yeah, the Celtics off to a great start. I'm gonna watch as many regular season games as possible with with how high their expectations are for this season, and just they're they're really fun to watch and. Look, after their starting lineup in Horford, I have major questions about their bench because I don't how I don't know how realistic it is for Pritchard, Hauser, and other guys to have legit minutes off the bench. So I would like to see them get at least one, honestly, two guys in in the, at the trade deadline. Um, but if that's their biggest issue, like I don't, I'm I'm not right. worried about it uh-huh. right now. Yes, I'll worry about it then, but. As of right now, their starting five is, is as great as it gets. Yeah, I agree. It's hard hard to complain too much. I mean, I feel like Payne Pritchard is just getting a lot of hate right now from Celtics fans because of last night's game. And it's just like, yeah, maybe that contract extension doesn't look as, as nice as it did in the preseason. But if that's the, Who knows? the maybe biggest he'll complaint... Be a... Maybe he'll be a trade piece with that. I, I think that's kind of the the hope at that point is that you can maybe get something for him. Um, definitely been been keeping up with NBA pretty early. I do think that the uh, the in season tournament, whatever, like it, it's going to help. But as, as as much as I like it, as I'm a fan that they're doing this, that they're providing a reason at least kind of care about the NBA in November and early December. The courts make me not want to watch. Like that's how bad they I, are. I hate the courts. They're they're obnoxious and. I kind of don't like this in-season tournament. I get the look. I get that the NBA regular season of 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 all the f- major sports. I think the NBA regular season is the most useless of of the four because you kind of already have a good idea on who's really going to be contending for a championship. It comes down to probably at most half dozen teams that have a real realistic shot of winning it. Yeah, right. Championship. That's very much an entering at the most. year. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, it's like all right, let, let's just fast forward to the playoffs, right? And, so and teams because, treat it that way with all like the load management and everything, and you know, right. taking and nights off. So I understand that the NBA wants to make the regular season a little bit more exciting of a product, but I don't, I don't, I still don't understand. I I, I don't understand this, and like knowing like if if one game is supposed to be a. a uh, a playoff game or not, <laughs> or in season tournament game or not. Well, I guess you can tell by the the obnoxious the court looks right of the That's court. Gotta, gotta but, stand out. Uh-huh. but it's still there's still so many questions re- regarding it, and I kind of agree with Halliburton that there's got to be more incentive 
on you know what we're what you're fighting for in terms of these uh, I agree with tournament that games. As well. uh, how about if the winner has an automatic top six spot or top eight or to what whatever whatever the case may be? Like, there's got to be more incentive for uh, for them to want to try quote unquote try right. in these in season tournament games. I don't know, maybe money incentives. Although as a well, they do have the, money as incentives. A, that is okay, they do. But they as a consumer, paid, as a it, of the product, as right. a fan, who cares? <laughs> you, it's just you, the only thing you buy a t shirt and pretend like your team won something, but yeah. it doesn't really mean anything to you as a fan. So I, no. I get it from that perspective, and I do agree that if you made the playoffs a thing, that would make it like way more meaningful because a lot of these teams it's like okay through an 82 game season a team like the washington wizards has no shot at the playoffs but if all it is is four nights you know two nights a week in this little stretch here where their offense explodes and their defense is maybe not giving up 145 points a game or whatever (laughs) crazy number they give up every single night then yeah i think that would be really interesting you know for some of those teams um you know, I saw someone teams like respond. The, the Celtics and the it's, Nuggets, right? Like those teams doesn't really care. change anything. Yeah, no, but, an extra like half a million dollars oh, that does nothing for Jalen Brown at this point. And you know, Jason Tatum <laughs> soon enough to be the same boat if he's not there already. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I I like the concept, but I do wish that they would entertain some of those things. I did see someone quote tweet the the Tyrese Halliburton quote saying that the heat would go 12 and 70 if they won the, the uh, in season tournament, they just wouldn't show up for the next six months. They're guaranteed a playoff spot and it wouldn't matter. They'd still find a way to win in the playoffs anyway. But that is I mean, that, that's but, an extreme, but, that, but that's, but that's yeah. the case though, is that if you uh, won the in season tournament and you were guaranteed some sort like of the playoff spot, uh-huh. yeah, you would just coast the rest you of the could year. but it, i mean at that point it also depends on seating and stuff and like you know who the team is you know I, maybe there's a handful of teams that would be content at that point knowing that they're in but i do think the nba you know as much as last season's heat being an eight seed going to the finals makes you think otherwise i do still think that regular season standings mean something in the playoffs in terms of getting one of those top you know two three four seeds in the conference and uh, I think that there's just kind of a difference at that point. But, you know, if that's really the the concern is that teams are just not going to care for the last four months of the year, is that significantly different than what we already have right now? And it's just one <laughs> team out of 30. It's not like the whole league at that point. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't love it right now. I look, I like that they're trying to make the regular season more interesting. So I'll, you can give them credit for that. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I just. I guess there are just too many questions, and they're doing things on the fly, and and you know instead of true, yeah, all established right before it starts. Because no, and I, I think, guess it's already started. It's so uh, odd because you see, you see some games where like, oh, I guess this is this this is the in season tournament game, but then you, see, I watch a Celtics game. Well, they're not in it right now. No, they're playing they Brooklyn. And the, game the court yet. looks normal. Uh huh. Yeah, so the, well, they at least have it set to like every Tuesday and Friday in November. It's okay. an in-season tournament game, so you at least have that to kind of keep up with it. And then the court, I guess, is a way to stand out, even if it's not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing. I I do think that they're gonna try to have to polish some things up. It's you know, it's the first year. It's a bit of a trial run or whatever you want to call it. But I do like the long-term idea of this and see if they can actually make something out of it. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm definitely more negative on you on it. I, <laughs> I, 
Look, in soccer, they they have it, right? But that's because... Yeah, right. Well, you have like all the different tournaments. Yeah, exactly. You win the Premier League, you win the FA Cup, you win the Champions League, you get a treble. It's like this big, big deal to do all these. But the one difference, I guess, with you know the the equivalent the FA Cup is that it's not just the same teams in the Premier League playing each other you also have teams at all the lower levels all the way down to you and I form a soccer team and get a bar to sponsor us we could potentially win the <laughs> FA Cup tournament um, if they wanted to do that in the NBA they could just you know have the G League teams and maybe even get like you know the the TBT the basketball tournament like Bayheim's army whatever get like some of those teams in there give it a just get like really funky with it but. i just imagine when this is going on and the in season tournament championship right and then you see the winner and then the announcer or 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 sideline reporter asks like how does it feel to be the mvp of the in season tournament championship yeah, it's what I always dreamed of, not winning the Larry <laughs> O'Brien trophy or anything like that. The, the, the winning the in-season tournament championship in freaking January or whenever it ends. Yeah, December. December. Yeah, they, before yeah. Christmas. Well, they give out uh rings to the the summer league champion. Oh, wow, now. rings. Are they yeah, they going to get rings. Let's, for let's this put up one. banners too. <laughs> Like they, the Colts. teams will. Oh yeah. Oh my well, God! Stop. <laughs> no, that's definitely going to be a thing. Like, there's got to be at least some way to be able to say, "Hey, we won this tournament." That I can, that I can see it being like something. the. I can see it being like the Colts AFC AFC finalist. <laughs> yeah. What a, what an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I'm still going to give it a chance. Um, I do understand though. It's also like, why are they doing this? What do we get out of it? I guess we'll find out. You know, if the Celtics end up winning this, I'll be I'm not going to complain about it. But I'll also recognize that it's nowhere I probably near will complain the, about the top it. prize in June. Wow, <laughs> all these years about how Jalen Brown's like, we're going to win. I want to win six championships in eight seasons. Like, oh, did you mean maybe he meant in season tournaments and not like actual yeah, championships? I don't, I'll find a way to complain about it if they were the ones to win. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So so far. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I'm sure. Look, I'm open to it. I guess I could change my mind if if things work out. But as of right now, I, I don't feel great about it. No, no, that's fair. I get it. It's still early on. We'll see how things play out. Um, I can certainly say, all right, this is just a waste of time, and I don't like it either. So, <laughs> uh, just trying to give him credit for making the regular season interesting. We'll. See I'll give him credit it, for that. Trying to uh, think of something to make it more interesting because, yeah, there are. It is not for a good portion of the season, unless if, look, outside of watching your local team, outside of that, yeah, in terms of, like, the rest of the league, it's, you are it's kind so of just hard thinking, man. Yeah. Like, th- there, there are too many games of in recent years where you'll see a marquee matchup, and then you'll just see the marquee just players. Messing. just Oh, yeah. Yeah, just taking time off because of, of injury or load management or whatever. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just like it's three, gone four too games far into the season. Point, yeah. Guys so. are already taking nights off. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, definitely not something you have to worry about in football. Uh, that's one of the, the beauties of that and why it, it's so interesting is that when it's a 17 game season, every game counts. So it's also why we're able to talk about it and, and a lot more enthusiasm. And uh, let's jump into NFL week nine. And, you know, we'll we'll start from the top going all the way back to last Thursday night. It's already been about a week now since uh, you're listening to this, but my team is involved. So I'm going to make sure we talk about them. And uh, Kenny Pickett, man, I, I don't know what to make of this guy. It's just every single game, two, three quarters. He's 
terrible. He's just missing open receivers, and I'm just doubting whether he's the guy, what the Steelers can do with him. And then fourth quarter rolls around, and he's not only leading comeback victories, but he's throwing amazing balls, and he's looking like a competent NFL quarterback. And, you know, the Steelers are 5-3 and three for a lot of reasons, and part of it is just his ability to come through in the clutch. And, I mean, it's to the point where I think the Steelers can win any, any game as long as they're not getting completely blown out because Kenny Pickett can find a way to, to pull something out of his ass and the Steelers a win, which happened in this one. You know when people say, no offense, but, and then they just <laughs> completely offend you? Or, yeah. I don't want to take credit away, but, and then you just completely take away credit. Well, that's kind of how I feel about the Steelers, where... Yes, I don't think they suck, but I think they're the worst, one of the worst five and three teams ever. I, I, it's like what you said just now that they don't play well for a lot of the games, but they find a way to win in some of these games, and I find it to be annoying. But they do find ways to win. A lot of people do. I get it. They're they're, it's it's mostly an offensive thing. Like defensively, it's not perfect, but they're definitely obviously T.J. Watt and others that. It's like, all right, there are definitely some impactful players on their defense. But offensively, you're like, yeah, like in the last few minutes of the, some of these games, they'll find they'll have one, they'll have one, maybe two good drives at most all game offensively. And sometimes they actually still find ways to win. I saw this, I saw this tweet that Ab Schefter put out that, um, that they're the 34th team to be outgained in each of their first eight games of the season. Uh, yep. And they're the only ones with a winning record, <laughs> right. and they're they're <laughs> uh, and they've been outgained by minus seven hundred ninety yards, or they've been outgained seven hundred ninety yards this year, and they're that's the second worst only to Denver <laughs> this year. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's it's been very. <laughs> and they're lopsided. five and three. Uh, that's that's absolutely insane to me that they've been outgained uh, every single game this year, and they and. But they're the only ones with a winning record, so I guess you gotta give them some credit to find they find ways to win. But it's still like, how how confident can you possibly be, though? Uh, right. Well, team? no, and that, that's the thing is like just every single week, though, whether it's a win or loss, I walk away thinking, okay, this team is probably gonna find a way to go nine and eight, just barely finish with the winning season maybe get to 10 and 7 and make the playoffs but then it's okay what's going to happen there be lucky to win one game this team isn't going to the super bowl and that's where it kind of comes back to the quarterback for me and just thinking okay is is Kenny Pickett like yes he can maybe find a way to to pull out one of these late wins if you know the defense does their job like one of part of the 5 and 3 comes from 16 takeaways one of the most in the league only eight turnovers some of the fewest in the league uh but it's also just you can't like can you beat the best teams in the league the way that the Steelers are playing now on the one hand you can look around and say well all the teams that you look at as the best in the AFC are far from dominant they've found ways to lose the teams that you wouldn't expect them to why can't the Steelers be that team but it's also like I just don't think that this team can consistently do this week after week and it just kind of makes it so difficult to watch not knowing what you're gonna get and then also being like well I think that this team's going to pull things out in the fourth quarter, but like, why can't they play like that in the first three quarters? Outside of this one, the opening drive, Matt Canada goes down to the sideline. Seal score touched on the opening drive. It's like, yes, the offense is completely fixed. That's all you had to do. And then and, the uh, next three quarters or 40 yeah, plus minutes, just, they do nothing. Right, right. And I, I guess, uh, so the one caveat to the whole, the Steelers have been outgained in every game. Um, 
the Raiders game, Steelers were up big in that one, and then the Raiders, you know, made a bit of a comeback. So that's where the yards came from. Even in the Titans game in this one, it was back and forth, except the Titans were able to kind of just barely break open on that late comeback attempted drive. Um, and then also it's just like, okay, yeah, yards are like a, a meaningful stat. I do think that they provide a lot of value, but ultimately it does come down to the points and the Steelers, you know, Ben don't break defense has been kind of a theme for this team. Um, just, you know, looking at the Jacksonville game with three takeaways, all of them in the red zone. So that's, that's part of it that goes into it. Um, I think that for this one, the offense was better than most games, partially because the running game was actually good in this one. When the Steelers' that running is, game that gets is going, true. their offense looks much better. So Both running backs actually played well in this game, unlike the, the Jacksonville game. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And there's just like a lot of different factors that go into it. You know, is the defense making huge plays? Uh, I think that there's just one interception and just the game ceiling one by Quan Alexander, but uh, certainly got to Will Levis. They, they pressured him. TJ Watt had one and a half sacks. I think Alex Highsmith got them there there are definitely a few um opportunities there where the the defense could have made like a really big splash play but in the end it was just you know a sack to force a punt you're getting the ball back regardless of whether it's a interception a fumble or just a turnover on downs or whatever but uh yeah i mean this this team is just you know week after week you get the same kind of formula to try to stick to it it's don't turn the ball over hope to do just enough on offense hope the defense just does everything makes big plays and then the offense comes through in the end and i i don't know i don't know how this team keeps doing it it feels like it's not sustainable but people say that every single week and you know we continue to see it happen so i i I don't know what to make i I don't think it's sustainable that that game really was the battle of the mid as some people like to say when it comes to memes (laughs) i think that that's a fair way to put it with uh those two teams i mean they're two very similar teams in the sense that um you know both of those teams are like they, they both have mediocre, good head they coaches ways, right they've good head coaches and defensive minded uh-huh. and they're, they're both better defensively they have questions offensively is their young quarterback the guy or not yeah i mean through uh, both, two games, both running is... both running games are solid Obvi- I mean, obviously derrick henry's better but should be and when but the running Najee, games aren't going you know, was are great at one point yeah, their running game can be good at times. Um, yeah, so they're both pretty similar teams. Uh, I I look when I look at their wins, I find the Rams one the most impressive, and I know it's the Rams who aren't very good, but that was a game where they played pretty well from start to finish. While you know games like the Ravens one and this one, I felt like they didn't play In the, for the, the very high majority of the game. They did not play that well, but especially the Baltimore game and um, and Baltimore just could not uh, like their their receivers just kept dropping passes and then there was that huge turnover and they they kind of pulled that one out of their ass and then the Browns one was just all defense <laughs> just yeah right i mean literally all two defense. touchdowns uh-huh. I, I can't i can't even give credit basically at all to the offense that was like two t- yeah like two touchdowns to the to the defense there so yeah that I, I yeah when i look at the Steelers everything that you've said is pretty much how i feel and that Yes, they find ways to win, but I don't find it to be a sustainable way of winning football games. And at some point, I do think it'll catch up to them. They could still be a playoff team, though. Looking at their, even though they've looked as pretty bad as offensively as they've had this year, they're still five and three. And yeah, like you said, they could still finish nine and eight and maybe squeak in a 
a seven seed and then eventually lose because they're not a team I would fear in the playoffs. I don't care. No, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think many teams would fear them. I mean, if it's a division rival, then it's like, oh, man, I've seen the Steelers beat us before. I think that would be the scenario. Uh, But yeah, I mean, looking at the final, what, nine games left in the season. So there's three home games starting this week with the Packers, Cardinals and Patriots in December. And then a trip to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Wow, those, of that, are, those are all winnable games. <laughs> right. Those are four games that I would expect the Steelers to win. I feel like they're going to lose at least one of those just because. But I don't necessarily know which one. Outside, and then of, of, the, the, outside of at Cincinnati... I would say pretty much all those are winnable. Although I mean, the, week one last right, year. Right, I say the Steelers, <laughs> division games, like that's four of those remaining are division games, which I think can go either way. Right now the Steelers are 2-0, and and then at Seattle week 17, that's one where some weeks I feel like the Seahawks are kind of good, and then other weeks you have ones like this where they lose to the Ravens 37-3, and you're like, this team is not a great football team, and that's why yeah, I'm just I, like, I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, so. that was, uh, as someone that's, kind of backed the Seahawks a lot this year. That was the first game uh-huh. <laughs> this year where I was like, all right, yeah, maybe the Seahawks aren't as good as I thought they are because, yes, I thought Baltimore would beat them, but I didn't expect it to be a complete blowout. Right. Oh, I know. They did that to both the Lions and the Seahawks. The Ravens yeah, against another the team, NFC. Lions. Uh, yeah. I'd put in that same group. They're what, like 19-1 and one against the NFC with Lamar Jackson at quarterback? It's, it's unreal. I mean, those yeah. teams, they just – can't figure out how to stop them I guess they just don't play them enough I don't know what it is but yeah I mean right now the Ravens look like a really good team at seven and two I mean I don't think it's a stretch to say they're the second best team in the AFC and I think that uh, fans could feel somewhat okay by even putting them above Kansas City given that the Chiefs have you know not look as dominant as they always do and the Bengals and the Browns are also five and three, just like the Steelers. So, you know, we'll talk about some of those teams later a little more, but the the division is really strong right now. All four of those teams would be in the playoffs. And uh, it's just another factor that kind of goes into this. And, you know, there are a lot of teams that are in kind of similar boats where, you know, they don't they're not perfect. Like they're one side of the ball is not as good as the other. But um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to, to what to make of the Steelers team. I think the the one thing I'll say though is giving this, putting this all in like Mike Tomlin is just I I can't stand the national narrative at this point. It just it makes me sick of him as a coach, and I hate that I feel that way because I do give him a lot of credit for a lot of these winning seasons with guys like Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback, and you know what we've seen uh, just even last year going from two and six to nine and eight, but. The the idea that he isn't responsible for the offense being as bad as it is, given that he hired Matt Canada, promoted him to offensive coordinator, continues to employ him, and that he has such a big say on this defense that is also very middling of the pack outside of the turnovers. It's just it's very frustrating that everyone just wants to say, oh, he's just standing there on the sidelines rallying these guys. And they like I'll give him credit for that. They don't quit on the team, but he's also a big part of the reason why this team is as mediocre as it is. Yeah. Sometimes the coaches get too much praise in in situations Mm -hmm. like that and not enough on the players. Yeah. And I guess like the last thing to address, George Pickens, um, there have been a lot of Steelers wide receivers that get Antonio Brown comparisons, typically for bad reasons. It's not usually because of the play on the field. And most of the time it's like, okay, this is ridiculous because none of them are as talented as AB on the field and none of them are as insane as him off the field. <laughs> um, 
George Pickens. Terrell Owens is like the closest, right? Right, I mean, right. But it's Terrell like Owens seeing... is bigger. But but you know what I mean, though, in terms of amazing, in terms of skill on the field, and then and Terrell maniac Owens in yeah, terms I mean, of a person. Yeah, he's not a Steelers wide receiver. I mean, people. Compare, I was just yeah like, talking about just any receiver in uh, general. Yeah, they they compare like Juju and Chase Claypool to AB, and it's like okay. Those guys, like, yeah, they're big social media, you know, they have some interesting interviews here and there, but their talent on the field is not the same as Antonio Brown's. George Pickens, physically, I mean, he has a shot. Just the everyone can kind of identify that some of the crazy catches he's able to make and some of the plays he does. And he also is a little cuckoo i think that's something that's (laughs) you know i don't know what it is but like this this there's a reason why he went in the second round and uh there are a lot of concerns right now he's posting a lot of things on his instagram story unfollowing sealers players uh kenny pickett deontay johnson apparently it's all restored and he's trying to say oh you're all crazy for thinking i'm crazy it's a situation that i understand like when you are this talented of a player and you're not getting the ball thrown to you that is an issue. Uh, at the same time, his touchdown that was not a touchdown because he couldn't drag his feet is is a problem. Like, that's a play. You see the screenshot. You're like, how is this an incomplete pass? How did he not get two feet in bounds on this? Um, it, it is a situation worth monitoring. I'll say it at the very least. I really hope that this doesn't go off the rails, but I also can't blame him because he should. it should not be as difficult as it is to get in the football either considering that there are not a lot of players to throw the ball to no well Deontay Johnson gets open all the time so I get him getting a ton of targets right he did finally score a touchdown not literally but you know yeah well people were saying yeah Terry Bradshaw threw his last uh, touchdown pass so much (laughs) I mean uh, but it is like it is very frustrating that they don't just throw balls up to him and see what happens because it's it's a proven formula at this point. Like There's just been so many times where you have these contested catches and it's just like, how did he come down with it? Uh, but yeah, two catches for negative one yards is not a great stat line for George Pickens in any capacity. And I hope that the Steelers find a way to get him more involved, even if it means taking more risks um, from Kenny Pickett's said because it would be a shame to waste a top talent like that and you know have that situation blow up because the Seals are very lucky to have George Pickens and um, it could certainly become a problem if this is a, a weekly output for him which has been in the case for sure like in the past for sure where he has one spectacular catch and never sees the ball again so um, I guess with that let's talk about your Patriots and, uh, Do we have I mean, to? Jesus. Honestly, it's getting to the point where <laughs> it is worth considering. I, I find myself almost rooting for them in games like this where it's like, I just want him to be relevant to talk about on the podcast because it's just week after week, it's the same thing. The it's team just sucks. copy and Matt paste. Jones is terrible. Bill Belichick is past his prime. And, you know, the Patriots are just fighting for draft picks at this point. You're like, I don't want him to tank, but, well, they lost yeah. again. So. <laughs> Corey, I, I, I like to believe that I'm someone that's pretty fair or critical of my team over these past several years, sometimes too low on them, but I think I like to consider myself not a homer and someone that yeah, is... Yeah, you're definitely not. Uh, so. Someone that's fairly critical of them um, over these past few years. I never thought it'd be this bad. <laughs> I, I I can't believe we're, uh, we're this bad and we're one of the worst teams in the league and even though we're not nearly as talented of a football team, I figured like, okay, well, Belichick's still here. He can still 
be a good coach and coach these guys up to be a seven and ten kind of football team. Just be in the mix, be relevant uh, by the end of the season, whether if you're in the playoffs or not. But to to be this bad, it 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 does surprise me because <laughs> I never I never thought it'd be this bad. Losing to a team that, I mean, they just trade the Commanders just trade two of their best players. Right, and, that, and that's the bad, bad part of it. Yeah, so the fact that they're, I don't want to say not trying, but they just, yeah, traded away two of their giving best players. Giving up on the season, essentially. Giving up, pretty much, yeah. yeah, giving up on the season. And they still, they, they still can't beat a team like that. Like, that's, that is pathetic. And the, and, the, and the commanders have not been a good defense this year uh, in, in any way, shape, or form, especially in their secondary. But I guess the Patriots' offense, especially especially in the passing game, is is that bad because just looking at the receiving core, it's so bad. Like Juju actually was fairly decent this game. Amazingly, he hasn't done anything all year, but that one play stands out over anything. Right, the the dropped pick at the end. The dropped pick at the end, and that even even if he was half decent, that's what's going to stick out. And just the fact that he hasn't been available all year round, and with that giant contract hanging over. Hanging over the Patriots is just—it's just not <laughs> uh-huh. great for the production that he's put up and his injury history. And then Parker at the end of that Raiders game dropping that critical pass and acting the way he did after that game. And then oh my God, Tyquan Thornton—I feel bad for him because he wasn't—he he shouldn't have been been even drafted in the second round, but he might be the worst route runner I've ever seen in my life. He's—he's <laughs> he's, yeah okay, he has speed, great, but he can't create any sort of separation whatsoever and then i can't believe freaking jalen rieger is on the patriots too oh my god he's the worst uh, he's one, i don't know what the eagles saw in that guy when they drafted him because he might be one of the worst receivers i've ever seen step on a field um and demario douglas might be the only sort of reliable wide receiver that the patriots have and he was in a, a sixth round rookie which so the fact that um he's the most reliable guy in terms of the weapons on offense, that's that's pretty bad. And then Kayshawn Booty, uh, apparently he had field. apparently yeah apparently he had the best pr- week of practice he's ever had uh, in his Patriots tenure. Great, how come he's not out there? And so yeah, the receiving core is bad. Ramondre had a pretty good game, but yeah, this is a nice sixty-four yard touchdown run. But man, Mac, Mac Jones, look, I defend him a decent amount when it comes to what's around him, but I think it's true that. Both things can be true in that the supporting cast is not good enough, but he's also not good enough. I'm I'm 100% out on Mac Jones. Not that I was ever really in, but that first year was promising. But the guy just makes just so many horrible decisions on the football field now, and it's more glaring by the week. And, I mean, he's not much of a playmaker either. And everything needs to be perfect for him to succeed, and it's far from that. And... And he's he's not the guy. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> the Patriots are they're not only a look. I always say it every week. Copy and paste. They're not talented enough. They're not talented enough. Like we get that, but they're now a totally dysfunctional football team. And it, it, they're they are unraveling. We, J.C. Jackson and and Jack Jones they get benched in the beginning of the game. And what's that all about? And Billichek doesn't really give much of an answer. J.C. Jackson doesn't talk with the media afterwards, and then you got Jack Jones <laughs> liking tweets saying that you should have pled guilty and st- and gone to prison instead of oh, being. A, uh, you got a player that would rather be in prison <laughs> than play for the Patriots. I, I know That's Jack wild. Jones. 
is not exactly uh, a first class citizen. <laughs> but yeah, but the I mean, fact that he's on social media doing that kind of stuff, it, it shows you how bad it's gotten for New England. It's not just the talent; it's the the players are just not bought in. And I I I just I think they're I think the coaching style. It, it it doesn't the Patriot way has is not working. Just look at for example, the Raiders. <laughs> you saw that Monday night game versus the Lions. That could not have been a worse played game, uh, in terms of the Raiders standpoint. In that nothing went right for that team, and they got them fired. And then the locker room was as happy as ever. And they played. I know the Giants blow, but they played as well as you could. Uh, yeah, I mean they. I don't think they that's hadn't a scored twenty one points in a game all season. They scored twenty one in the first half after firing their offensive genius head coach. It, it is remarkable just <laughs> what that turnaround is with the Raiders and post Joss McDaniels and then just seeing like the locker room videos and stuff and like how happy those players were smoking cigars, like handing out smoking cigars. They won the champion, like the the Super Bowl. I I just, I think that coach, that coaching style of, you know, trying to make the players work, work and work. And like to the point where if the results don't show, they start to tune you out and not give a shit. And I think we're kind of seeing that with the Patriots in that, um, you know, we're just not, we're, the players are just so not into this year now. For Yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand like that, that whole thought process, just watching this team. You know, I thought after beating Buffalo, it's like, Oh man, you know, maybe something can happen here, but then losing those commanders team at home like that. I think that is uh, kind of the nail in the coffin at this point. It's just hard to envision this team going on a run, no matter what the schedule looks like, because yeah, they, this is the kind of game. It's like, you got to win this one and the, you can't even do the that. Only, the only winnable game in my opinion on their schedule where I feel like it should, well, I shouldn't say lock, especially after they beat, they beat Buffalo, but, uh, in terms of lock, in terms of wins, the Giants are yeah. so bad. They're, and then they just lost Daniel Jones. Not that he was right. productive or anything, but he's still a starting quarterback in the league. Right. I mean, Tommy DeVito is and not then, an yeah. NFL Yeah, and they don't even have Tyrod now, who's on IR. <laughs> so it's freaking Danny uh, DeVito's nephew out there or grandkid. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you just. But I, can, but I can't, you know, how earlier, when I say earlier, like a couple weeks ago, I could talk to myself, oh, they can beat that team. They can beat that team. Right. I, I look at it the other way now. When I look at the Colts, okay, yeah, they stink, but they've shown they've shown uh they've had some good performances. We saw them destroy they, They've been Carolina. better than I thought they'd be. Uh they mm-hmm. beat Baltimore this year. They they took care of business versus Houston earlier in the year. Like they they're they're they're, they're not great, but they're not they're actually not as bad as I thought they'd be. Yeah, they're frisky. And you know, then the Chargers, yeah, they're they're a bunch of chokers and for whatever reason the Patriots always handle them pretty well, but they're definitely way more talented than the Patriots. And then the Steelers, yeah, we just talked about them, how, yeah, they're not great offensively, but they find ways to win while the Patriots are doing the opposite. <laughs> uh, so I would take the Steelers in that game <laughs> at this point. The Chiefs, I mean, come on, we don't need to talk about that. Even freaking Denver. Yes, Denver, they still suck, but I don't think they're as bad as they were last year. No, they've been uh, playing better the past couple weeks. Defensively, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. But, but even, even how, then. Who cares how bad uh, your defense is when <laughs> the Patriots, right. they can't, they can't score. Can't yeah, they anything. score 17 points against uh, a Washington Commanders defense that just gave away their two best players on defense. And, and yeah, it's just a disaster right now for the Patriots. And you, 
that play, uh, speaking of defenses, I, I know I've just been bitching about the offense the entire time, but that play on third and 23, and then Sam Howell just scrambles for a first down. So this is not prime Michael Vick we're talking about. This is Sam Howell. <laughs> Even yeah, he gets a first down and there are a uh-huh. bunch of missed tackles. Like, that was pathetic. Brian Robinson gets a touchdown and no one even comes near him on the play. And the the commanders, yes, they only won by three, but that should have been a double digit loss, a score loss. Cause Sam Howell, he was good in this game, but he also had one of the worst interceptions ever that goal where he just flicked yeah. it and went right to Duggar. That, that was a pathetic interception, but if he, if he has moments where he looks like a really good quarterback and others where he way. looks like really, really bad. And so like, go get Brissett out there. I don't like, I don't love Sam Howell, but it's only because, yeah, the, the, the bad plays stand out too much for me. He gets sacked a lot and granted oh, he's going to break stinks. the NFL record. Yeah. His O line stinks, but he also holds the ball, holds on the ball too much, but he, he does have flashes, but man, losing, losing to a commander's team that, is not you know in it for the season, and they really should have lost by double digits. Yeah, no, I I get it. Uh, commanders are four and five now, but I mean they're still not a great football team. Like they're still not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're they'll, still they'll be going better than the fire. Giants, which is uh-huh. which is pretty safe to say. But they're not going anywhere either. No, so they're still going to fire Ron Rivera. Um, I thought he was going to be the first coach fired midseason, Josh McDaniels, uh, despite the Raiders now owing $85 million to unpaid, like to un- unemployed coaches. Like, he is gone. Have you heard the reports about how, you know, Belichick, you know, it's likely, or maybe not likely, but there's a good chance that he could be gone and that maybe he'll be on the command. He'll yes, be the commander's head coach. That was where I was going to go next. Okay, well. <laughs> if you're the Washington Commanders, if you look at a game like that, how would you want Belichick as your coach? If they, he can't, him and the Patriots, they can't beat you when they're not when you're not really putting out the best uh, roster out there to beat you. I, don't I, know. I think that's sort yeah, of a red flag be, when you lose like that. No, it would be a splashy move by the new ownership team. I still think that they would do it, even though yeah. No, like I this I agree, loss, but I, I still think it's a cause for concern though when that happens. No, it should wow, be. You couldn't I'll, beat I'll us. Be, in that yeah, game? I'll be so upset if the Patriots get a first round pick from the Commanders for Bill Belichick because I wanted the Commanders before they hired Rivera. I wanted them to give a first round pick to the Steelers for Mike Tomlin, and then <laughs> like that that was the rumor four or five years ago, and that never happened. So, uh, especially right now, if Belichick ends up netting the Patriots like a top ten pick on top of another top ten pick, uh, I'll just be very annoyed because I, that, that's I'd what be, I wanted for the Steelers. Uh, I'd be thrilled for getting a, a high draft capital How for a, se- a seventy yeah. plus year old coach who the game has passed him by. Yeah. Right. I'd I'd be totally for that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where people are counting down the loss record for Belichick. More I know. So than the I've mentioned record. that a million times too. That hey, you know, people are talking about the win record. People got to talk about the loss record too. And yeah, which so Connie Mack, I I've heard of him before. I I like to think of myself as somewhat of a baseball historian in the sense that like I know a lot of old players and oh I'm the uh, you know me (laughs) when it comes to that like yeah I I don't love it now but man I got a bunch of hall of fame cards and uh, I'm I'm totally I I love the hall of fame baseball one and so I yeah I love the baseball pastime too 
Yes, I did a lot of uh, reading into Connie Mack when I started hearing some of these numbers thrown out. He managed the Philadelphia Athletics for 50 years. He was the owner of the team, so he couldn't fire himself. He managed until he was 87 when his sons were basically like, Dad, you cannot do this anymore. He holds the major league record for wins and losses. He has more losses than wins. So he has like five or six World Series titles or appearances, whatever. He has like a ton of pennants, but he also had so many like hundred loss seasons. And that team, like he could barely afford to bring in good players every single year. So there's a lot of comparisons being thrown out with Bill Belichick and Connie Mack, where it's like, look, when he had loaded rosters, he was able to make the most of them and win. And like, that's how he accumulated all these wins. But at the same time, when you look at him and you take away that hall of fame quarterback, all those losses, when you take away, you know, it's not even just the quarterback. Yes. Brady. No, you're right. It's beyond just Brady. Yes. yes, He's the obvious uh, Uh guy there, but we had Edelman, one of the best slot receivers ever and Gronk, one of the best tight ends ever. And, James White, one a great pass catching running back who obviously made an impact in Super Bowl Fifty One and was awesome, and we've done really nothing to address. Look, yes, it's hard to replace guys like that, but the fact that we haven't come even remotely close to replacing guys like that and and treating the offense the way it's been treated, where a lot of the draft capital and uh, and free agency and whatever it's put more effort on the defense and special teams even though that's been a disaster and then offense uh we'll just coast we'll figure it out and and go Uh from there and just like that that's the the fact that it's been as handled as lazy as it's lazily as it's been is is pretty bad yeah and all goes back to bill He's the general manager. He, you yep. know, Connie Mack was the one who was assembling these really good rosters and then assembling these really terrible rosters. And that's kind of what Bill's been doing these past few years, just spending all this money and doesn't really have a whole lot to show for it. So, no. Yeah. Uh, that will certainly be an interesting storyline. We'll see if that uh, turns into anything. Yeah. Um, if, if, he, know, if he ends up actually getting fired or not, people are talking about trade possibly. We'll treat it, but. People have talked about him being fired uh, if they were to get blown up by the Colts and they got their bye week. And there's no way you can get. Let there's him no. Go see, I agree. There's no way that that he would be fired in season. But a game like the one versus Washington is a game where a normal head coach would get fired for. And and because it it can't get any. Uh, yes, it can actually. I take it back. It can't, <laughs> it can't get worse. They're going to Germany uh, next week. Like, do you think they really are are thrilled to go? travel cross country yeah, and probably not <laughs> uh yeah i don't i don't think they're thrilled right now about that so i guess it can get worse but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm i'm amazed that the media <laughs> is appalled that oh my god belichick getting fired yes it can happen <laughs> it, they're two and seven it's it's, yeah, a, I, it's a real talking point it's going to be the biggest talking point for the rest of the season no it's not that crazy to think that in some way shape or form Belichick would not be coaching this team next year just given how this year went and how the past three plus seasons have gone since Tom Brady left so uh, which I mean hey you know even the the Chiefs uh, and their players weren't all that excited about going to Germany and they're one of the best teams in the league and uh, I think it's kind of a good transition here and uh, I think the focus is more on who they beat, and really the AFC East in general um, had a tough week. Yeah, the Patriots lost. Jets were 
a no-show on offense on Monday Night Football. Uh, but I think the two problematic losses were by both the Dolphins and the Bills. So this week we're actually going to kind of go back to the the question format and you know at least have a few of them here and see where the conversation goes. So uh, which AFC East team should be more concerned following this week's loss, the Dolphins or the Bills? When I look at the Dolphins, I do think they're a really good team, especially offensively. With their speed, with Tyreek and Waddle, and they'll get A-Chan back, and I, in freaking twelve yards a carry, <laughs> so so absurd. So I take Miami seriously, but however, when you look at the teams that they've beaten this year, the Patriots twice, the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, they're not they're not beating any good teams. They're kind of front runners. Where if they play a bad team, they'll smoke them, but. Just look at the three good teams that they played this year. Buffalo, they got their ass kicked. The Eagles, they yes, it was two touchdowns, but they were never really in it, uh, especially in that second half. And then the Chiefs game, and they so three of the best teams in the league or mm-hmm. mo- most talented, they they all lost to. And so I think that's concerning when it comes to Miami, where yes, they're great offensively, they're going to be in the playoffs and all that. But how are you going to fare against the best teams in the league? So you could definitely question Miami in terms of that standpoint. I don't think they're fraudulent, but I do think they're kind of front runners. With that being said, okay, Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo is the answer when it comes to this team. They're, they're, they're I don't know if falling apart is the right word or, or right words. I, you know what? I take it back. It is. They're, they're, they I, have not looked good for the past month. And I've made this point multiple times, but when I watch them, I, I still feel the same way in that, they too much they rely too much on hero ball and relying too much on Josh Allen to do everything because i don't think it's a coincidence that he's led the nfl over these past several years in combined passing and rushing touchdowns while also leading the league in interceptions throughout these uh throughout all these years too and that he's doing everything literally everything good or bad for their team and okay yes Dalton Kincaid he's stepped up of recently but they're still not getting enough outside of him and digs of course where Gabe he has that great game versus Tampa but then puts up a literal donut versus Cincinnati and for my fantasy team thanks um, <laughs> and and then who else can you really rely on in that offense I mean, James, James Cook, Cook is not James Cook he's he's been better than he was last year because they wouldn't play him last year but... yeah but he he hasn't really been special as as their you know top running back like no, a lot of people but, thought he would be yeah, they've. That's a team that could use a an actual workhorse back, uh, and be more productive in their backfield uh, than compared to James Cook. Not that he's bad, but he's been okay. And then yeah, just looking at the receivers, wide receivers out after Diggs, we've talked about it before. It's it's not the greatest. And, no, no. And and then the, their defense, the injuries on their defense are starting to catch up to them too. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I think. So you you said you know you weren't sure if falling apart is the right phrase. I I would almost say that they've already fallen apart at this point already? because it's been okay. it's been over a month now, pretty much since that Dolphins game. You know those three weeks in a row, they're the best team in football. Five games since they've been a bad football team, or they've been yeah, not a I, great football team that they're supposed to be. They've been a mediocre football team, whatever phrase you want to use. They have see, not been see, a Super Bowl contender. I don't I don't want to say falling apart because we just talked about the Patriots and that's falling apart. <laughs> and the Bills <laughs> the Buffalo lost to the is, Patriots. Buffalo is yes they're. They're, they have not looked good for the past month. They're still 
in contention. But there is a good chance that your bold call could be right and that uh, they could be out of the playoffs because they're not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with this one. I agree with your points. I do think that the Dolphins are maybe a little more fraudulent than you are because of how oh. good they look against bad teams and how bad their offense looks when they face good defenses. Uh, but I think the one I saving grace... I also factor in Germany, too. Uh, that that no, game should have been played in Kansas City. Right. I mean, it, it does suck that it was played in Germany. Sides. Well, and the Kansas City Chiefs had a worse travel schedule than the Dolphins did, so I was a fan of Miami going into this one. And the fact that they jumped down 21 nothing at halftime, I think that was bad. But the fact that it was 21 to 14, like that they kind of settled things out and figured things out a little better in the second half, I do give them some credit to that. Um, I do think Buffalo should be a lot more concerned right now, though, uh, for the reason you talked about. It's just the injuries on defense and the offense is just something is not working there. I don't know if it's Ken Dorsey is just a bad offensive coordinator or if, you know, Josh Allen, I think he has some type of shoulder issue that he's dealing with or what it is, but they're the bills are a great team when their offense is producing and their offense just simply has not been producing at the level you expect of them over the past five weeks now. And I just don't know that it's going to change overnight. And it doesn't matter. You know, you can kind of dismiss performances against a good Cincinnati Bengals defense, but you saw the same thing against uh, in three straight weeks against the Giants, the Patriots, and the Bucks. And yeah, they won two of those games, but they didn't win them in pretty fashion. And I think that this team is very much, um, you know, on the outside looking in for a reason. And I, you know, maybe they can turn things around here, but I just don't. I've been waiting for it to happen, waiting and waiting every single week. Like, all right, this is the the spot for them, and it just hasn't happened. And I, I just don't know when it's going to change. I don't know what the moment is even, that's going to make things work. Even, even in their wins, the, the Sunday night game versus the Giants, the Giants are so bad, and they were one yard away from winning that game. And then the Bucks. They're they're okay. They're starting to yeah, they're, not play that post great. Post by I mean, they've, they, they've been bad. Yeah, post by they haven't been that great. But they were in that game. They, they were they, hail mary, very catchable hail mary away from losing that game too. Yeah. So, so Buffalo, even in their wins of late, haven't even looked good. So no. Yeah, I I I think you should be concerned way more about Buffalo, even if you can definitely question and. Miami in terms of how good are they, how good they are against actual good football teams. Right. And I, I think the thing with the Dolphins is I do think that they have enough talent there. I do think that, you know, their defense is a little better than it was last year. Uh, I do think that there's, I mean, in this one, you know, they had that bad Tyreek Hill fumble, you know, really cool. The, the, yeah, that was kind of a but... fluky fumble because the second Tyreek got the ball, he was already getting tackled and uh-huh. they get the Chiefs automatically get a touchdown from that and who knows how that game would have played out if that play didn't happen. Right. I feel like that could and, have been more more interesting if that play didn't happen. Uh-huh. I mean it still came down to the the last play. Yeah, and it still came I down mean, the, it was still a touchdown game and Uh-huh. Yeah. No, and, it's, and I'm Germany. not ready to I still completely... factor in that too. <laughs> I wish that game was uh-huh. in Kansas City. Maybe I don't know if they had a choice or not if there was a way to they work couldn't around send that it back. but no, it was just, I mean, the way it works is the NFL has these Germany games. They have a certain number of teams that they say, you are a partner with Germany. We're going to establish a fan base there. The Chiefs are one of them. The Patriots are one of them. That's why they're being sent out to Germany for these games. So, 
and it just happened to be that you know the Dolphins and the Chiefs should well, be. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. It could have been really, Chiefs yeah. versus Denver. Or, you're right. Or, it could have been a different team. Yeah, and it just they, you know, the Dolphins. Yeah, when you hear that, you're like, oh, that's an exciting game. It's a reason to wake up at 9:30, but it's also kind of sucks that you know we're in that spot and it has to happen on the road. Yeah, uh, it, for this me, might, this might be a ter- this might be a terrible take, but what I I love the 9:30 a.m. slot. Get to watch a football football game before the 1 p.m. slate starts, but I kind of just want to see two random teams. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, see you just rather be a game the game of the about. week in London, in London or in Germany. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that, but at the same time, I also don't love it at 9:30 if it's two teams that I just don't care about. I just have no incentive to feel like I need to watch this game. Like I can check the stats after and you know maybe tune in for the fourth quarter if it's close or you know the All second right, so half. So I guess whatever. we're going to s- sort of agree <laughs> and di- sort of disagree on that one cuz I'm uh, fine with the two random teams even if you don't really care. Yeah. So Dolphins have a, a gr- great game ruined. That's it. Yeah, no. I I totally get that. Uh Dolphins have a bye and then Raiders Jets I think that that Friday afternoon game, that's an intriguing one just because the Jets defense is good. As bad as their offense is, their Jets defense, you know, how the Dolphins can look against them. Then it's Commanders, Titans, Jets again. And then their last three games, Dolphins, Ravens, Bills. So it's very possible, you know, that this team can, you know, kind of talk ourselves back into them and then come crashing down and then the talk yourselves and, out and, of, and the, the last three weeks right there. right before the playoffs so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with them uh dolphins are on a bye chiefs are on a bye and you know which it makes sense that they're both coming out of germany and uh the chiefs next opponent post bye is also on a bye this week that's the philadelphia eagles who seemingly coming at a good time for them uh they have they are eight and one which is the best record in football but they also haven't looked the best of late uh certainly had some games where could have gone either way including this one against the dallas cowboys where dallas seemed to find so many different ways to not be able to get the ball into the end zone when they needed to and uh, ultimately suffered a tough 28 to three loss. And I think that, or sorry, 28 to 23 loss. And I think there's two ways that you can look at this one. Um, Their Cowboys close loss, either they are, you know, convincing you, okay, they can keep up with some of the, the big boys here and establish themselves as a legitimate top of the league contender, or it's just, all right, this is what you expect from this team. And this is why you're not going to believe in them. Yep. It's that second thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how good that. Yes. They looked really good for 59 minutes of that game. And they had a legitimate shot of winning that game, but that's what the Cowboys do. <laughs> they will find a way to lose a pivotal game just like they did versus Philly in the last minute of that game where you I legitimately thought in the last minute of that game the way they're driving down the field and that that penalty on I think it was Bradbury and and then they lose and he gets injured and then Darius Slay gets hurt on the next play too and the Cowboys are already in the red zone like wow they're actually going to pull this off and then the sack happens and then yeah. all of a sudden you think they're going to spike the ball no, they actually try a play and and then waste more time off the clock. And then it gets to a point where, well, I guess we're just going to have to heave it from the 25-yard line and just hope s- someone catches it. And, of course, CD did catch it, but he was also a couple yards away from being in the end zone. And I just think it's another way that Dallas found found a way to lose. And it kind of – I'm I'm going with the latter in that it's just more reason to dismiss their chances because as good and as talented as they are they are still too stupid to 
make any sort of noise in January. No, and I, I do think that's totally fair to say. Um, not even just that last drive, but Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds on the two-point conversion. Those two oh, points could have come in very handy. And that I don't know if it was... could have come in handy because you could have kicked the field goal. Right, and just sent to, to overtime instead of having to do, you know, tossing the ball to the end zone like that. And then even like the, the Schoonmacher catch at the, the goal line, which I don't know how consequential that was ultimately because the Cowboys did end up with a short field and scored a touchdown anyway. But, you know, that was one where he catches the ball and you know, his knee goes down just short of the goal line. So uh, very much plenty of reasons that I understand that. And I think that the one thing that kind of has me buying into the Cowboys more seriously is the fact that Dak Prescott actually looks like a really good quarterback right now. Dak Prescott did look great in this game. I've been very of, yes, critical. The, the two point. Yeah, yeah which like, yeah, okay, his, he stepped out of bounds. Uh-huh. Right. But That's, I do agree. It's Dak a tough Prescott. mental mistake, whatever. Uh-huh. Take out the take out the the San Francisco game, especially that second half. Yeah, he he's and looked he's looked really good. He's taking care of the football for the most part. Really, um, those first so I can't five deny games, that part because he, he turned uh-huh. he was a turnover machine last year. Yeah, and just take out the San Francisco game. He he has done a really good job of taking care of the football. So I I'll I I will agree with that point. Right. And for me, it's really the past three games specifically since the San Francisco game, you know, going back to that Chargers game. And then what was last week? He played well against the Rams, lighting them up. And then, of course, uh, you know, this game is Eagles, 74 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I, I think that if Dak Prescott can play like that, then the Cowboys have a chance. And it comes down to can he do that in January? If the Cowboys avoid the 49ers, and you know, this is evidence to me that they can go into Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Eagles because I think the Cowboys were the better team in this game. And yeah, it is, I get it. It's a reason to say, ah, oh, this team, they're just going to find ways to lose. I do think it's any team at San Francisco, I'm going to give Dallas a more than a fighting chance uh, if they can continue to look like that offensively with Dak Prescott playing this well at quarterback. And that's, it's a week to week thing for me because whenever I see Dak going out there sucking i'm like well okay they might have a great defense but he's just not the guy and then it's i see performances like this and i'm like all right i gotta give credit where it's due and maybe philly secondary has do sneaky kind of sucked this year it is yeah you're right it is a problem and especially you know bradbury and slay going down doesn't make things any better i don't know if either of them are significant injuries but certainly something to watch uh, that's why they got kevin byron you know they made that trade for a reason so um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. do think the Eagles should have some concern, uh, especially with these next four games. So post by Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys again. I think they got to go at least two and two in that stretch. Anything worse. And there's uh, plenty of reasons to question this team's ability to get back to the Super Bowl, especially just knowing their record would be worse and make their path more difficult. I don't know if I agree with that, because uh, if you have to question that, not that they've been um, perfect this year, but. Far they from it. The best, they have the best no, they do. You're right. in the league. Uh-huh. And so I'm just saying, if we have to question them, like, wow, we have to question, we have to, we have so many questions about all these teams that. No, I get it. Uh, You're right. I it's feel like it's wide open this team. year. Uh-huh. No, I, I understand that point. I think, so for me, it just comes down to the fact that last year they were winning all those games against bad teams, but they looked like the best team in football or more or less the best team in football. This year, they're winning games mostly against bad teams, but they don't look like, you know, this unstoppable, like amazing team. Like they're barely yeah, it, winning some of these games. And I think that's my concern. That is fair. 
But yeah, so all I mean, those are good they, points. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to change my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> but, get it. But I'm, but uh, I'm not going to totally dismiss some of those points though, because I, I do agree that yeah, Philly has not looked perfect, and and Dak did look good against an actual good team <laughs> because against mm-hmm. that San Francisco game, it's like wow, that shows you like what Dak's <laughs> going to do against a once right. they don't play the Giants or some shit team. Like, once they face a good team. Like that, he's gonna look like the way he did. It looks like just San Francisco has their number, but anyone else, yeah, maybe they have a fighting chance against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not necessarily just San Francisco. I think it's just the fact that they've lost them in the playoffs the way they did two years in a row, and then put out and that then get their ass kicked on game. Sunday night. Yeah, right. So it just makes them stand out a little more. And then just looking at this game, it's you know it's hard to say that they have no shot against the Eagles, even if they have to go on the road, which in all likelihood they would at this point, given that Philly has, what, a three-and-a-half game lead or two-and-a-half game in the division right now. But with the Eagles' tough schedule, it's not impossible for the Cowboys to rattle off some wins and make that a little more interesting. So, um, And then the last question we have here, you know, just because it was only three, I was just fine just kind of leading all of them. Um, who had the more impressive heroic victory on Sunday, C.J. Stroud or Joshua Dobbs? Oh, for sure, CJ Stroud. He's been awesome this year. Fourteen touchdown, fourteen to one touchdown interception ratio, and yeah, he put up the numbers that he did with five touchdowns and all those passing yards that he had. Four hundred and seventy passing. Four hundred seventy NFL rookie record. And yeah, maybe the Bucks defense isn't the greatest, but I mean that was impressive. That was a fun game, by the way, to watch. Oh, it was so forth. much fun. Yeah, thirty-nine to thirty-seven. And, yeah, and it's not like. His weapons are pretty good, but it's like Tank Dell, Nico Collins. Those aren't household names, but he's putting up the numbers that he's put up this year with with a with the receivers that he has. Again, not not that they're terrible, but they're not again household names. Yeah, it looks like the Texans are. Uh, they definitely have their quarterback for the future. Uh, I don't want to go too much into recency bias like that. Oh, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league or anything, but no, but. But he's he's been I, great, and I think he is. I think that oh, I mean part of his quarterback play hasn't been all that great this year. But I, I think just week after week, you know, yeah, he didn't necessarily have the best performance against Carolina, but he had like there's not that many quarterbacks in the league. So you, are you going to do your quarterback tiers again, and you're going to put him like next? He's going to be very and- high, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know when I'm going to redo it, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm a big CJ Stroud fan. I was a huge fan of him coming into the season, and I definitely have not wavered just given his performance. So I yeah, I, uh, I don't know what the number can, is. Can, I don't know if it's I, top I'm, 10, just, but... Yeah, I, I don't know what the number is either, but man, Carolina, uh, <laughs> wow, that sucks for them that they took the the wrong guy, it looks like. <laughs> yeah yeah i know that head-to-head victory is like all they have right now um you know it's the fact that cj stroud puts up that performance on a and then bryce young goes out and throws two pick sixes a couple hours later it's uh brutal for panthers fans and um i know a lot of them and they are certainly not all that happy about the the way that their team is getting off to the start this season so oh, yeah. um it, it was definitely exciting for for Josh Dobbs to come in being with the organization for what, four or five days. And then he comes in because of the Jaron Hall injury. And then he leads them to victory versus the Falcons. Say what you want about the Falcons. I certainly have, certainly have some complaints (laughs) about them, but that was still an impressive comeback victory by them. A team that just lost their, that their, their 
their quarterback and Kirk Cousins. It's still it's still impressive, but I'm still easily going with Stroud. Yeah, so I think one comment that you you said there is that the Texans don't have a lot of household names. Uh, whether or not your average Joe knows who Tank Dell and Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz are, CJ Stroud knows who they are. Josh Dobbs didn't know any of the guys he was throwing to. <laughs> so as big of a fan as I am of CJ Stroud and as impressed as I was there, I the fact that Josh Dobbs came off the bench four days after being traded to this team with no practice reps, did not take a snap from his center, did not throw balls with the first team, there was no expectation that he would be getting into the game, and was able to pull out a win like that, I, I'm very impressed by that performance. And I don't know how much of that is just like, this is a former Steelers quarterback, and like a lot of Steelers fans are like, man, how did we let this guy get away? But I, I think it's unreal that he was able to do that and against an NFL defense. I don't care who he was playing. I mean, I also think the Falcons are an okay team at, at that side of the ball particularly, but... I think it's unreal that this guy was able to pull this off. I mean, and it's it's just uh, in it's insane to me that somebody who basically was taken off the street, more or less. I mean, he's an NFL caliber quarterback, obviously, but he had no association with this team, and he was able to perform as well as he did and throw passes to guys, not even knowing that he just knows their number, he doesn't necessarily even know the playbook or anything, and was able to lead that comeback victory. I think that is hugely impressive. I think it, to me, it's like that Baker Mayfield comeback win for the Rams against the Raiders last year, but even better because Dobbs did it for more than just one drive. He was doing it basically the whole game outside of that early safety, and you know things got off to an ugly start, and he was able to turn it around. And uh, I mean, they're both impressive efforts, but I, I just I can't help but think like, how in the world did Dobbs manage to pull that off? Yeah, I I, I get it. Um... I just can't help but look at who they beat. And yeah, the Falcons uh, are okay de- defensively. I, I just can't stand that Arthur Smith coach and how he right, just well, uses, yeah, this fantasy uses football his weapons. Fans that's part him. of it. Yeah, uh, so that's part of it. But I guess my opinion of Josh Dobbs doesn't like, oh my God, this is so, this is such a, a great quarterback now. You know, I get the I get that. Like, okay, he doesn't even know his teammates who they are and he's been there for five days and so I don't want to say it's not impressive it's definitely impressive it's just that my opinion of CJ Stroud I mean I I, I don't know I I definitely I'm definitely a fan but I didn't think he'd be this good as I guess is what I'm saying and he's impressing he's really impressed me I guess is what I'm trying to say is that I looked at him as a pretty good quarterback and let's see what they got in him to halfway through the season it's like wow they definitely have a, a franchise quarterback and who knows where you'd rank him now? And maybe he's, I don't know. It, it feels weird to say top 10 already, but like the way he's played this year. Yeah. You could say that, but right. Um, no. And I, I get the fact it. That I think the fact that you're questioning that already uh-huh. halfway through his rookie season, it is very the way, impressive. The way he pulled like that way, game off. Uh-huh. That That's, that's why I'm leading with Stroud. I know he's more talented. It has more time with his teammates, uh, but um, I'm still going with him. Yeah, no, they're both impressive in their own right. I do think part of it for me as well is just I, I was very high on Stroud coming into the season. Didn't necessarily expect a performance like this out of him, but it is, you know, it's not one of those things I, yeah, where... I, I, I thought the I, Texans would be, would make some noise and, yeah, and have and have a decent season. I didn't think he, I didn't think they'd be uh, an actual, like, have a chance at actually making the playoffs, but... Yeah, which so they definitely do right now. they're actually even better than I thought they'd be. 
Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've overall been impressed by the Texans as a team, and a lot of that is because of how good C.J. Stroud has been. Where like I, I was expecting at least somewhat of a rookie hiccup there, but just seeing how he'd been playing before this, I think I kind of was enough of a fan of him, and I was just shocked by Dobbs's performance there. They're both very impressive, um, and it's 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 maybe not the best way to compare one and one against each other and try to take down the other one uh, because you know both of those quarterbacks should feel very good about their performance and both fan bases should feel pretty good about their team's chances um, you know Vikings it looked like uh, season's over but I don't know if Josh Jobs can do that like can he do enough to get this five and four Vikings team that seven spot in the NFC that is very much wide open so yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's it for NFL for week nine, uh, week 10 schedules, pretty brutal, but we'll find a way to talk about yeah, it. No, and... no dolphins, Eagles or chiefs. Yeah. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Right. The primetime matchups, uh, definitely leave a lot to be desired there. So at least I, at least I get to get the Patriots game out of the way. <laughs> True. <laughs> there you go. Germany, like, yeah, you like... love those nine thirty. Germany. Hell, yeah. Games, they, so. They'll get, they'll lose very likely but at least i can get that out of the way and just watch all the one o'clock games and not have to think about or watch force myself into watching them when i can just watch red zone (laughs) yeah which i mean that's totally fair i'll say i i love that the seal is one on thursday night and it's like all right i can just watch football sunday and without a care in the world just whatever just enjoy it care about my fantasy teams that's and it. they have a bye next week so I, I literally don't have to think about them true the next there you go two weeks yeah I know these, these could be the best two weeks of the football season, actually. Now that I think there about you it. go. Hey, that's a that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Glass half full kind of look, right? Right. There. <laughs> right. So, uh, anyway, let's wrap things up by talking about baseball, and it, it feels like again, like another thing, so so long ago now, but uh, a week ago, the Texas Rangers won the World Series, and uh, when we were last talking about them, is two to one. We thought that uh, Arizona might make a series of it, and they definitely did not texas took care of business big time in both game four and game five and for the first time in that franchise's history texas rangers world series champs and i am i'm a fan of it i i'm happy for rangers fans you know knowing what they went through in 2010 and 2011 uh, just seeing the celebrations i feel very okay with them being the world series champions yeah i'm i'm definitely fine with them as the winner uh yeah, of all the teams that won, I, I'm I'm fine with it. They're definitely a fun team to watch, and definitely got some good players. The Corey Seager deal, Marcus Simeon deal, those turned out to be worth it. And I'm happy for Nathan Avaldi, I guess, of, yeah, of anybody because right. uh-huh. uh, he was awesome for the Red Sox in 2018, especially in that Game Three where he didn't he wasn't even supposed to pitch. He ended up pitching six and two thirds and almost a hundred pitches, and that was definitely one of the best, one of the craziest things I've seen in watching baseball but uh yeah i mean it's nice but man, my god that was that series was useless <laughs> that was like <laughs> just a I, I loved how after game one when that seager when seager hit that home run and then adolis garcia hit the walk off all the baseball hardcore guys were like see this is gonna be a good world series it's not gonna be it's it's gonna be entertaining no it, it was it was a. Uh, it, it it wasn't even close, and it wasn't even that great of a matchup. And yeah, I I I don't have a ton of thoughts on this World Series other than that. And um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was not entertaining World Series. But I'm happy for Evaldi, and I I like that one reason why I like the Rangers. One, not only are they 
were they entertaining and a good um you know got good players and put out a good product but it kind of shows you that hey you got to spend yeah you know it does looking at a red sox standpoint hey look at what happens when you actually spend on players that are worth spending on yeah, I mean, that should be evidence right there. It's like, you know, the Rangers did have a little bit of, you know, young homegrown talent mixed in there, but a lot of their team that was leading the way were guys that they paid a lot of money for in free agency. They got this fancy brand new ballpark and said, we need to put talented players in to get these seats filled. And yeah, and it resulted in them winning in a World Series. And, you know, part of it... um, it's it's hard for me to look at it and say, oh, this is awesome because baseball very much has a disparity when it comes to teams being able to spend more than others. And I want baseball to have a salary cap system like the other three leagues where it doesn't matter where you play for or who your owner is or whatever. You can have things be equal and everyone has a chance of signing and re-signing players and uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of teams that have the money to spend, like it's proof that it works, but you can also look at teams like the Mets and the Padres and say, well, if you don't spend all that money wisely, things go wrong. It ends up really, really bad. I mean, the Padres had to take out a loan to be able to pay their players, which is just a crazy thing that a team would have to do. Um, but yes, I mean, it is evidence that say if, oh, if you spend half a billion dollars on a middle infield, you might win a World Series in two years. And that's exactly what happened for the Texas I didn't. Rangers. I didn't think that happened. <laughs> no, no. I think so, a lot yeah, of So I'll didn't. admit, yes, I actually uh, questioned those moves at the time for sure. Yeah. And I was down on them, but at least they were trying. At least they were right. actually spending the money. They they won a world. They didn't even have the Grom, and they still won a World Series. Oh, I know. There were a lot of uh, tweets being dug up after, you know, DeGrom signed with the Rangers saying that winning a World Series is part of the reason yeah, why Yeah, even I shit on that. Like, seriously? <laughs> like, that's what you're uh, here for? Like, no, you, you're here because they paid you the highest contract. Right. And literally even right I away. I was part of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. He, he got a ring, even though he barely pitched this year. So that is, you know, good for him because he is a talented pitcher when he's healthy. Like, there's no denying that. But it's also, like, you know, Patrick Ewing effect or whatever you want, or Ewing theory uh, in some senses there with the Rangers. Although they were good without, like, even when he was healthy. And it's hard to say that about a guy who they just brought on the team. It's not like the Mets won the World Series after he left. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess one lasting thought I have uh, for the Diamondbacks is Cattell Marte striking out looking to end the World Series. Like, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around being there at the plate you're the best hitter on the team you can't even take the bat off your shoulder the entire at bat and that's how your season ends i mean miguel cabrera won the triple crown and and lost the world series on a strikeout so looking <laughs> yeah it's just a horrible way for the world i think i got those years right right he you probably did crown yeah in 2012, 2012 right 2012 yeah, yeah against the giants and when they made the world series in 2012 and he struck out looking uh, yeah, it's just a sad way for it to end. I know a lot of Mets fans still think about Carlos Beltran striking out looking to end Game Seven of the 06 NLCS. So it's uh that just that blows my mind. And one thing I'll say that was a good pitch though. Like that that was it. Yeah, of course I have a good memory of this, but yeah, uh, that was the the Wainwright breaking ball on that pitch was he he hit his spot and it was a great pitch. So that one wasn't as bad. Like that was actually yeah, a good pitch. I don't remember the Rangers pitcher's name. It had like a Z in it. It was a very interesting name. But, I mean, it was a curveball high in the zone. I, I kind of I get it 
being locked up, but at the same time, it's like it's just such an unsatisfying way for the World Series to end. I think that strikeouts Sabors, are is that what it is? Spores, yeah, that's right. Spores, yeah, whatever. Um, I think strikeouts are like the worst way for baseball games to end. I mean, we like last year you're talking about you always have kind of like an exciting finish, you know, that all the I'm, built I'm, up. I'm fine with them. Uh, the 07 World Series, Pavlon. Yeah, he, uh, when he struck 07, out. Yeah, he struck 07, out Seth Smith. Yep, 13, Seth Smith. Um, and then um, not Nationals. They, Nationals, when they beat the Astros, that was a strikeout. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with them. <laughs> no, so 07, 13, and 18, the Red Sox all won on strikeouts. 2013, right. um, uh, Koji Uehara. It was uh, Koji versus uh, Carpenter. And then 2018, Sale versus Machado. Yeah, and it's, it's my path- Corey. It is pathetic how like uh, I have a selective memory. Well, no, I remember it's <laughs> like, Sale Machado. I just didn't remember the Cardinals pitcher. But no, Cardinals but I'm batter. just saying it's, it's it. pathetic things I remember and don't remember. <laughs> like there are really important things that I don't remember, and then there'll be things like, oh, I could name the last 20 batters to strike out in the World Series, probably not not literally 20, but I can't. I definitely I have can't a do that. Very selective but... memory. So, <laughs> so you we talk about those three. My favorite ending was 04, and it's not just like, oh, that was to break the curse, but it was a ground ball back to Keith Folk hit by Renteria. He was able to kind of run over, underhand it. You just have all this suspense, like, just with the broadcasts. It's just a strikeout. It's just over like that. And it's like, hey, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, obviously, you're excited that you won the World Series, but I think just from, like, a like a non-biased you know neutral perspective is being able to kind of bask in that moment for a couple of seconds from a ground ball or a fly ball i like that more than a strikeout i think strikeout is just a little too quick you know ground ball fly ball gives the announcers time to kind of breathe and like take a moment and build up this you know final out call that you don't really get out of a strikeout that's my only complaint about it I I don't know. <laughs> Just from a I'm TV watching strike. perspective, I'm fi- I'm I don't fine know. With I like. Look, look. I I, I uh, when I watched the World Series in Game Five, <laughs> I missed most of it, but I turned I tuned in ninth inning, two outs, and I was fine with it. I I, I don't know. I, although yeah. I look back on that, you, you know, you giving me shit for not being the biggest Joe Buck fan at times. The 07 World Series call, oh, that was so bland, so boring of a call. Oh, uh, the the one where Pavlon struck out Seth yeah, Smith. Red, it was like yeah. Red Sox or Red Sox again or win something. again or something like that. Uh, <laughs> no, and his 04 call was so much better because he yeah was the 04 to, call was a good call. Yeah, but Red Sox fans been dying one. to hear it. Yeah, the Red yeah. Sox are World Series champions like that. He had yeah. more time because it was a ground out instead of just a strikeout. So I don't bl- I don't. I don't blame it on the strikeout ground. I can't believe we've been talking about this for ten minutes now, Corey. <laughs> this is this like who cares? Uh, <laughs> no, one thing, I'm sorry, but uh, I, I this is the most exciting thing we could talk about when it comes to this World Series because the World Series matchup was a complete dud. <laughs> to be fair, game five was one to nothing at the end of the eighth inning. I was like, All right, uh, I'm gonna watch the rest of the game in bed and I just was like, I'm gonna brush my teeth, you know, get ready, and then all of a sudden it was three nothing and then it was five nothing. I was like, Well, that sucks. I thought I was going to get a fun, you know, ninth inning at least. So I guess I was going to go like to bed the, because the Diamondbacks didn't come back. But yeah, like the White Sox beat the Astros in 04. Or no, oh, excuse me, not 04. 05. In 05. Yeah. Yeah. It uh-huh. was 1 nothing. So even though the White Sox were dominating the other team, you could, you could see the it Astros came down. Maybe make a comeback because right. it was 1 nothing uh-huh. in that game. 
Yeah, and this yeah, one I, I thought I totally it could get happen. That. But uh-huh. yeah, anticlimactic, climatic. Right, and, and the Diamondbacks choked. Like they couldn't do anything offensively. Their starter uh, Zach Allen had a no hitter through like six innings, and then you know he starts giving up hits, and the team falls apart, and the offense just had nothing to show for it. So. That was a uh... sucks that they it sucks that they made the World Series. I talked about in the very beginning that I said that the most useless regular season is basketball. It might actually be baseball the way this played out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two two teams be. that won a hundred games. Uh, not that I feel bad for the Dodgers that much, but the Orioles, I do. <laughs> like the, both those teams win all those games and then just oh, don't well, you lost a game. yeah yeah don't even win a playoff game. Great. That's that's nice. So no, I, like the, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So the regular season was kind of for nothing, really. And it's like, what's the point games. of playing 162 regular season games? You know, if you don't when want the regular season to mean as much, then play fewer games. <laughs> like it, that was kind of the. I mean, beauty that's of always it is. it's that's I I know it's always been the case, but yeah, you can't talk yourself into well, you do lose a lot of momentum more in that sport when it comes to the rest than the other ones so far there it's not a big sample yeah. size but it shows that wow the the buy is not actually that great right i mean if it's not a benefit then they need to find some way to to fix this it is only two seasons but at what point is it enough of a sample size to say okay there needs to be a change made here i don't think it's that much longer so um definitely curious to see what happens there uh i'm also excited to see how the off season starts to play out Shohei otani of course that'll be the big one yeah um, he'll be on the red Sox. <laughs> i mean that would be awesome i think he's gonna uh, I, would, I, I would be I, I would be ecstatic i would buy all the t-shirts uh, <laughs> i remember right. when i was in sixth grade i had all these uh <laughs> dice game matsuzaka shirts <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> i mean the excitement like you know fans are gonna spend money he's gonna he'll lead to uh a lot financially wherever he ends up and hopefully he goes on a team much better than the angels and actually has a chance to compete for you know playoffs in a world series but, if, yeah. look it would suck if he was on the yankees or dodgers or whatever but yeah but at least i won't deny uh-huh. I won't deny that it'll be way more interesting if he's on a, right. I don't know, good team. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he's going to go northeast. I think it sounds like he is preferable to being to out Giants west. Giants or Dodgers or... Yeah, or, you know, the Mariners. Mariners, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he goes back to the Angels. <laughs> I hope not. God, no. Uh, I don't see that really happening, but... Yeah. Um, he's so, one of the best player. That kind of skill set... He should be on a legit team, not not yeah, not a freaking Angels or wherever. I else. mean, you would. It shouldn't be that difficult to build a world championship contending team when you have a player like him. Basically, two players on and your team. Mike Although, Trout. Not not that Mike Trout's the same yeah. player, but still, like, I know well, there's a few the years stretch players. there. I know. And that, well, that is, I guess, part of the yeah, yeah. It was really only like one or two years where they were. I know. I know it's a stretch, best, but yeah, in baseball, but. Uh huh. So, um, you know, of course, you get the frustrating spot of uh, MLB free agency being officially underway, but it's going to be so slow moving. We might have a few big moves uh, announced in I, the coming I, days I and weeks, to, but I used to love the winter meetings. I used to same. Oh yeah, I, I used to watch pum- MLB I Network during for, them. I used to be pumped for that stuff, but man, it's that's another thing about baseball now is that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, great. Motor meetings, a bunch of old guys just meeting out and talking and hanging out and not really doing anything. And f- 
there's no movement in free agency. It's not like the NBA where it's like July 1st, boom. Yeah, right away. June 30th at 6 p.m., immediately Woj and Shams are fighting over, yeah, breaking news. It's just baseball doesn't work the same way. I do think... It hasn't been as bad as that 2018 year when you had Bryce Harper and Manny Machado not signing until like March. halfway through spring training. <laughs> yeah, right. It's It hasn't been that bad, but you don't know what's going to happen. And I, I assume Otani would end up signing relatively early just because he's going to be blocking a lot of other moves because I'm sure a lot of guys won't want to sign uh, until they know what he's going to end up doing. But, you know, he certainly could hold up the offseason big time if he really wants to do a, a big long tour and take his time with it. So. Um, regardless, we did have some managerial <laughs> free agency moves happening. You see Craig Council? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. That was a wild one because the Cubs had a manager, um, and they're paying him $40 million. It's the, the most ever for an MLB manager. So, um, was he there, wanted to reset David, the market. He was definitely it did. David? David Ross. David, yeah. David Ross. Yeah. That's what I thought. He was not a great manager. Uh, like as someone, as I, a... I, I, I didn't what? mind Th- them them having him as the manager. Look, yeah, did it it didn't work out, but I didn't mind no. that move. He was a great veteran catcher, especially in that yeah, 2016 right. I mean, team. Uh-huh. Which I know plays no, in, a huge in part theory, in why he was the manager in the first uh, place because he was such a good veteran in the clubhouse with the younger right. guys, but So I didn't and, um, mind it. Like yeah, it didn't work out, but No, I, I get it from catcher standpoint, especially, you know, just someone who they they know the game very well i get the guardians you know hiring steven vogue with no real managerial experience because he was a catcher but david ross it just didn't really work out there and i'm very upset as a pirates fan that the cubs were able to turn around and get craig council because that to me is such a huge upgrade at the manager position and i do think it's going to have a a big big effect because they're division rivals in the nl central that's why you think craig council would have been that's why you think that highly of him? Uh, no, I mean, I think Craig Council is a really good manager. I mean, he he okay. did a lot with the Brewers. I think he's mm-hmm. much better manager than David Ross. I don't think David Ross is a very good manager. I think a lot of Cubs fans will tell you that he's not a great manager. It was an interesting way to go about it. I don't know that many Cubs fans love that they basically fired him by hiring another guy. But... Um, no, I mean, I, I do think that's a good move for them. I don't know if it's necessarily going to turn them immediately into World Series contenders because, you know, the Brewers obviously had some of their ceiling limited, but Craig Council is very widely respected as one of the better managers in the league. So okay. um, I do think it's a really good hire for them. And, you know, don't necessarily love it, I guess, as someone who's not a big fan of the Cubs. So okay. that's my, my take on that situation there. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah and uh the Mets got Carlos Mendoza from like the Yankees staff so I don't know that that's as exciting as a hire as Mets fans wanted I think they wanted Craig Council and I thought that he was gonna end up going there but apparently he didn't really want to go to New York and Chicago paid him more money anyway so uh that'll be uh, hopefully just a small portion of, uh, the baseball offseason excitement as a uh, free agency wow. and trades happen. <laughs> those, and, yeah. those are the most exciting, like the manager, uh, not that, right. Not that it shouldn't be, but yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. It'd be interesting. I saw, uh, so I was reading MLB trade rumors. They like top 50 free agents. Three guys were kind of giving predictions. One of the three predicted Blake Snell to the Red Sox. So I would love it if they managed to land him. I think they need to 
go out and make a big move like that too. <laughs> any any I'll take any pitching. I don't care who it is. <laughs> I wouldn't say that because last year's like all of those just you signings picked up never Corey Kluber. Out. He was good in <laughs> ten years ago, not now. Right, and that's why I, I know that's why I don't want just any. Okay, I should pitcher. have phrased that a little bit better, but. <laughs> I want, yeah, like a, a legitimate starting pitcher like Blake Snell. Go out and make a big move. Go pay him whatever money you need to bring him in. Because when he's I say any, but I got, sorry, I, I should have phrased it better. Any of those, those pending top free agents, like what if it's him or, or whoever else, Nola. I, I don't, I don't know who else is out there in the market. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think those are the top two, and then there's uh, Yamamoto from Japan. Yeah, when I say any, like whichever of those, not literally anybody, but any of the <laughs> okay. top pending free agents, I don't care. Which uh, they need to make a big move. Yeah, yeah. right. And I, I, I would, I would love Blake Snell personally compared to some of those, but um, I agree that it would be nice to see the Red Sox make a huge splash, especially if it's a starting pitcher. Just need to make more moves than freaking Heim Bloom did. He was. I'm so glad he's out, but I'm curious how the Craig Breslow situation will work out. Yeah, I don't really. He doesn't, know he doesn't have it. any experience. Yeah. <laughs> it oh, took like ten guys to find someone that'll take the job because. Right. Because even um, what's what's her name? Uh, Kim Ang. Even she denied yeah. the job. It's just, I would have loved to bring her in. The fact that as many people denied that job tells you that. Well, they look at the situation and think, well, uh, what is my, how, how, how realistic is it for me to be there long term? Like, am I just a puppet here that's just going to get fired uh, the second things go wrong? Like, see, what, what about yeah, High no, Bloom? Because he sucked as a GM, but he kind of was just uh, put, you know, th- thrown out uh, and uh, took all the blame for everything that happened, even if he deserved some of it. He was just yeah, a scapegoat. Right. It, it was a bad situation. It was not necessarily the easiest to, to win with, uh, even with a team like the Red Sox, because, you know, they weren't spending as much money as they have in the past. But um, it doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that he didn't do a great job. So it is going to come down to Breslow no, I agree. actually doing making smart moves. I, I don't know so. how I feel about Breslow, but I will take the unknown over what I know sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's a good way to put it. So I'm a. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens here. Hopefully excited about the offseason, and I'd love to see the Pirates. They're never going to spend money like that on a guy like Snell, but I'd love to see them actually make some legitimate moves too. But I don't know. Maybe I'll come away in a few months and be like, damn, I hate baseball even more because my teams don't do things that I want them to do. Welcome the to the club. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about baseball free agency as it becomes relevant if certain players sign with especially you know if they're signing with our teams but uh for now we're on hold we'll kind of shift to mostly football we'll talk about the other sports here and there um college basketball's back uh michigan state tough oh, yeah. tough way Great. to start the season Lost for them james madison uh, <laughs> awesome start yeah yeah, no, I know number four that. team in the country. Yeah, yeah. Four, yeah, I thought I thought they're gonna be great. I guess they still can't. Right. but uh, not a great <laughs> losing James Madison right at the gate. How how promising could this uh, be then? If <laughs> right, no, I I totally get that. I uh, I'm excited it's back, but that's another one where like it, it takes a little while for me to like really get into it. Um, you know, it's not as bad as the NBA because the games are more meaningful. But you know, it's not really until football season ends that I'm really into college basketball. I tell myself every year that 
I love I love the tournament. It's like, oh, I want to get into college basketball. Yeah. I had the game, and I just, I never uh, do it. And then like, I, I'm such a f- fair weather college basketball. I love you know what I mean though. Like I love I yeah, love no, I the get tournament, it. But yeah, it's awesome in March. I do I do get well. It is in March. Like the the other stuff I get into. Like I get into the conference, conference tournament. Game. Yeah, yeah. I'll get into right. those. The anticipation. Yeah, the anticipation. Right. The, the so tournament. it's not like I don't watch any until the the tournament, but. I'm not that guy that is going to pretend like I'm this college basketball expert. I'm I'm just not. I, mm-hmm. I can't pretend to be that guy. Uh, but I'll still be a fan. I'm still a fan of the tournament. Yeah. No. I mean, I get it. And it's it, there's also a difference between someone who just randomly fills out a bracket that's thrown in front of them and someone who at least tries to watch some of the games going yeah, into it I'll, and have an idea. I'll try. Keep I will up with see. It. I'll try to do that. I just won't pretend to know all the ins and outs. Know all. Every single player on every single team, I'm not right. going to pretend to do that. I will, but I am someone that, like you said, I will watch the conference tournament games. I'll anticipate the the actual tournament and have an idea on which teams I like and not like, kind of like things like that. But no way will I ever say I'm a college <laughs> basketball expert or uh-huh. hardcore fan. Yeah, I mean, you really have to commit to watching college basketball over other sports and just other activities. Like I'll the, still even the watch people some, who are the biggest. I'll still watch some of the. There's definitely other regular season games even before the conference tournaments that I'll watch. If yeah, some you know big, big rivalry games yeah, or whatever. Or rivalry, right, right. Uh-huh. Feast week, all those tournaments going on. It's in the middle of the day. It's fun being able to watch college yeah. basketball, but. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. I'm c- kind of the same way. I think I pay attention a little bit more, but it's also like you know, being a fan of the North Carolina Tar Heels, it yeah. just it it's enough for me to want to watch their games and at least have an idea of what's going on because I'm watching them. When it comes to college football, though, I I I, I honestly believe that once they start the actual playoff format of twelve teams, that even yeah. someone like me will get into it more because. I mean, it's nice that they expanded to four teams. It's it that part's nice, but still, you still want more than just the four. Yeah, I get it. I know it's very limiting in terms of how many teams really have a shot. Where it's almost like three teams that you knew were going to be there, and maybe one who's kind of a surprise, but also not really. Which is Florida State right now, where they beat LSU week one. It's like okay, yeah, they're a top four team in the country. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing the past two weeks now with Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see where things go with that, but I also kind of recognize that it's a, a lot of the same teams year after year, and Alabama might find a way to sneak into the college football playoff now too, so, <laughs> which just makes it even more of a repeat of the past. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's part of the reason why I, I just love college basketball is that even though, yes, the winner will still be someone that's great, just seeing just random teams out of nowhere, like Loyola, the, the Ramblers, love the Ramblers, and then the Peacocks making the yeah. lead eight out of the fifth. Like, that's stuff I love about college basketball. Yeah, and, and you get a lot of that in the regular season, too, with upsets like James Madison over Michigan State. It can happen on March 17th, and it can happen on November 6th. I guess if you're oh. going to lose to a team like that, get it out of the way now. <laughs> My right. God. Uh-huh. So... Anyway, uh, definitely have other things to, to talk about moving forward. Um, I think we might have a guest on pretty soon for the first time oh, in a while. Oh, a mystery guest. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, wonder we'll who it's going to be out of the f- three people that 
Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, you probably make a, a pretty educated guess if you've been listening to us for a little <laughs> while. So uh, anyway, it'll be kind of good, uh, you know, to mix things up a little, especially with the focus pretty much football at this point. So uh, anyway, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Votney. Thanks, everyone.